0: The following content is for information and entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed in this episode are those of the participants and do not represent the views of any third-party entities. Hi and welcome to the second Flexibility Focus minisode, a companion show to the main podcast which features the best and brightest minds for the health and fitness industry. Although flexibility is the main theme of the show, my guests and I talk about other important issues which you will find beneficial. In this episode, I interview Brad Georgiev, a sports therapist and injury rehabilitation expert who is also helping other exercise and therapy business owners to achieve more engagement and success through his mentoring services. Brad and I talk about the state of the health and fitness industry, and we cover some of the more controversial topics like, is there such a thing as good or bad posture? Is manual therapy effective? And so on. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. As always, please show your support by liking and subscribing wherever you are, and by sharing the show with your friends. Enjoy. I guess we begin by asking you to tell the audience about yourself and how you got involved in the health and fitness industry. Yep.
1: Um, well, it was kind of an accident to be honest. Um, when I was like about uh, 19, I was in uni and I was doing a degree that I didn't really know what was basically about, mm-hmm. uh, like most 19-year-olds. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was called sports and leisure management. So I guess it was just kind of uh, teaching me on how to manage a leisure center, which it wasn't really my goal in life. I just didn't, know, didn't really know what I want to do with my life. Um, yeah. So I was looking for work and I came across um, kind of something called active health group um, at the time i had no idea that these guys were doing like sports therapy training i just went there for the job um, initially they declined me the job because um, like they were looking for a receptionist i was pretty bad at speaking the language at the time uh, but they offered me like a, a general kind of um, help around job um, and then like after a couple of weeks working for them i kind of got into what they were doing and like the owner showed me a couple of things and then i realized that i was actually in a place that people were being treated for pain Uh, and then little by little I started to kind of get involved in class uh, and that's how I accidentally stumbled upon sports therapy
0: yeah yeah. I was
1: really young basically
0: so for the people who are listening um some may have an idea what sports therapy is but can you just explain I suppose the main difference between sports therapy and what people might assume as physiotherapy in your opinion
1: um well The main difference has always been the fact that personally for me, um, the way we've been trained, um, obviously, I think everything goes down to the way the the person or the therapist has been trained. And I think the training that I received uh, initially was very much hands-on. Um, so the approach was like get the clients in assess them with as many techniques as possible and then get your hands on the clients mm-hmm. um, just so you can start working on them whereas it, like from what I've seen working with different physios um, th- that's not really something that they focus on yeah. um, and in a way they kind of skip certain things that for us will be quite important like the hands-on work
0: yeah. um,
1: you know so that's that's the main difference but it all depends on how the like how the person sees like the industry like some people like to do one thing or there's like to do mm-hmm. every, like other i prefer to do like things combined just like you do you know
0: yeah yeah more of a like a holistic approach yeah, exactly. yeah. so for the people who are listening and, and aren't aware um I, I trained as a sports therapist as well with active health group and brad was actually one of my tutors um so i, I can speak for his quality as a, as a therapist and as a coach um, and we're going to talk about the whole manual therapy doesn't work debate in a little bit uh, yeah, later yeah. on in the show. Um, but Brian, can you just tell us some of the like the main services and treatments that you offer? Um, so the main treatments that I
1: personally do are mainly treatments related to uh, like fixing pain, uh, working with people's postures so improving posture, uh, and then just looking at the way that people move. Um, the main reason why people come to me is because. They've got some sort of an injury that's been bugging them for a long time. Most of the time, I get people that have been everywhere, so nobody can't, like, people can't really understand why they're having the pain. Uh, and those are the cases that I really enjoy working with because it's, it's like a, a mystery, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I feel like a detective, so the body will give you clues, so you have to kind of, you know having like in front of you so you can think of like why is this being caused what's causing it so where does that lead to and stuff so like the treatments i offer are mainly like hands-on treatments for like working with pain uh, recovering from injury and then just going back to optimal movement yes and posture
0: yeah yeah brilliant and so what are some of your special interests because i know there's a lot of different divisions you've got pain science neurology proprioception exercise rehab What, what are kind of your special interest areas
1: Personally, for me, it's something that has really fascinated me over over the years. Ever since I stumbled upon it, and it's that, that's something that you just mentioned—that's proprioception. Mm. Um, even now, I'm kind of listening to an audiobook. Uh, it's it's about like um, like different philosophical approaches, but like proprioception kind of comes up uh, in between here and there because there's like there's a big connection between proprioception and neurology, and obviously the way we move, flexibility, you know, all that stuff. And ever since I came across the term proprioception, I've kind of it keep it keeps popping up everywhere. Mm-hmm. So everything that we do as a, as a therapist or as a health practitioner, there will be some sort of a proprioceptional approach. Mm-hmm. Like there will be some sort of an, a role that proprioception plays in whatever like you know segments of the industry we work in. Like maybe you work with pain. Pain is is a is something caused by proprioception. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't if you don't have the signals that tell your brain that there's something going on going wrong with the body then, you know, that's, that's, all, that's all perception. So yeah, yeah. That, that was like, that's my biggest interest. And then the second thing I'm really interested in is neurology. So the function of nerves, um, the way I see it, it's like, if you imagine the muscles, they're basically bags of meat, uh, fascia and tissue. Um, and then these pieces of tissue are basically being controlled by nerves without the nerves, then there will be no movement.
0: Yeah, that's a good, uh, good analogy, actually. I remember when we were, uh, when I was doing my training with you and you, you used um, the tree analogy for the nerves. Yeah, upside um, down, tree. Can you just explain a little bit about that analogy? just
1: um, well, like if you think about it so obviously we got the brain and the brain is essentially uh like where everything begins from so the brain is uh, you got the cranial nerves that uh start off from the brain stem and different segments of the brain itself and then from these cranial nerves uh which, which will then connect into the spinal cord so it, the way i see it the, the, the cranial nerves are the roots uh, of the body where all the information all the nutrients, you know, everything begins from mm. uh, and then the spinal cord is basically the body of the tree, which mm. like, kind of controls the other branches that will, come, that will come out of it. So like a yep. sciatic nerve, the femoral nerve, all of those nerves are basically branches of the spinal cord. And then if you flip the body upside down, it resembles a tree. The roots mm. are in the brain, which is the soil. Where everything comes out of the spinal cord is the body and then everything just branches out into smaller and smaller and smaller branches until you reach the tips of the fingers and the toes and the, yeah. the, and the skin um so that's that's kind of how i see the body you know
0: yeah and i know from like my classmates we certainly found that a useful analogy to kind of you know envision envision the uh yeah, yeah. it's the just good to like
1: if you imagine like obviously in in colors like you've got the body you've got all these yellow kind of sparks of like movement mm-hmm. uh, and then if you if you look at the if you take out the nerves obviously like, i've got a couple of apps on my laptop like anatomy apps and if you take out the nerves mm-hmm. and if you look at the way the nerves they resemble like tree branches yeah really Resembled three branches, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's um. There's actually an image, and I think it was from a cadaver where they had just the brain and the nervous system, and it literally looked like the roots of you know the branches and roots of a tree.
1: That's where I got the idea from. Ah, okay. I saw I saw this image, and then I flip it upside down. I'm like, this looks like a tree. obviously it's a funny shape but if you just if you think about it it's like you know it actually resembles a tree absolutely
0: i mean that could lead us down a rabbit hole of all kinds of philosophical and metaphysical arguments about you know the links between trees and and, you know how the human body is designed but we'll leave that for another time (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so uh, what are some of the more common issues that you find um in people who come to you for treatment and and what are kind of some of the the strategies that you used to help them um well to be honest
1: like over the last i don't know like six years um i've seen like a variety of issues uh from back pain hip pain knee head and neck uh feet you know like i've probably treated everything there is to treat when it comes to the exterior portion of the body Mm -hmm. um there isn't a muscle really in in the body like obviously there's muscles in the body that can't really be reached um you know in, in the treatment room but like you know of the most common injuries that occur to, to, to a person. I've treated the majority of these. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common thing I would probably say is people experiencing pain due to poor movement mm-hmm. um, or poor posture, you know, uh, those two things will, will essentially lead to pain down the line, mm-hmm. regardless of what some people think or say, um, you know, those two are, are, are vital for like, you know, having a, a like a good quality of, of movements and, and a pain-free life basically yeah uh, so that's the main thing that i work with
0: yeah 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 and uh, you touch on an important point and we'll we'll talk about posture in a bit but there's obviously this uh theme going around in the industry at the moment that there's no such thing as bad posture but yeah. I mean, my background is biomechanics which is the study of forces in the human tissues and, and in the human body and you know forces affect how that structure is going to support itself and how it's going to move so it's really a, quite obvious you know especially people to people who who work in the industry like therapists like yourself um, it, it's obvious that that posture is an issue and that movement habits are an issue uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a second yeah. um, so you, you put a lot of great content on your on your account um, especially the resistance training where you're challenging stability Um, such as using a a resistance band wrapped around the legs when people are doing deadlifts and single leg squats. Um, For members of the audience who might not be familiar with that type of uh, treatment or or training, can you just tell them some of the benefits of doing that?
1: Yeah, Um, the way I see it, it's like obviously people are quite adapted to to, to their bodies because we kind of live with them every day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then whenever someone comes to the clinic, I always try and kind of um, try and try and find the weak points in their body, because most of the time these people won't even know where the weak point is. Um, I'll, I'll give you an example: is with, um, with one of my clients. So he's a bodybuilder. Um, he's 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 got like a really high deadlift, uh, squats, whatever. He's a really strong guy. Um, and then I got him to do a single-sided deadlift. So if you imagine the, the bar, normally people would have like weights on both sides of the bar. Mm-hmm. I took I took the weights from one side, so he actually had. A 10 kg plate on on the left hand side. Yeah, I told him like, imagine this is a normal deadlift. So I want you to just go up into as you would with with your 200 kilos normally, Mm -hmm. but this time you've only got 10 kg on one side. Yeah, he went up and he straight away went to one side. So this is a guy who like lifts heavy weights on on a day to day basis, and there he is with a 10 kg plates, crying like a baby because he's not able to, you know, stabilize his 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 body and stand up. So this is how like stability plays a massive role in like weight training walking running and any sports you can think of mm-hmm. like so such a small difference i've taken all i've taken away is 10 kg yeah think about it like you're someone who dead- just deadlifts like 200 kilos yeah. and all of a sudden like i'm shifting this weight to one side and it's not even it's only like two percent of that weight or whatever yeah yeah absolutely and then you can't and you can't do that yeah so what's, what's the why can't you do that well, the first, the first reason that, that he couldn't do it is because he's not adapted to it. So he never does that stuff. Mm. After like maybe 10 or 15 reps, he was actually doing it really good because he's got the my muscle connection.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's how quickly it, it takes the brain to adapt to, to a new movement, right? This is something completely new for him. Yeah. Something that he, will, he wouldn't even think about doing on, on his, uh, in his normal training regime. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, I think that's that, what
1: I love you know? Go on. Yeah, no,
0: no. Um, like you can carry on, Sorry.
1: I just want to say that that's why i love finding so whenever i find something like this it kind of gives me goosebumps yeah it's weird but it's just like it's like you know discovering things about the body and mm-hmm. it could be so subtle that you know like a 10 kg change in 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 the exercise can make a massive difference
0: yeah yeah and it's a great example that illustrates the principles of specificity and yeah. adaptation you know yeah. because yeah, yeah. Uh, For for people who are listening or watching who aren't familiar, there are certain sports training principles um, essentially laws that apply across the full spectrum of physical training and movement. And they essentially say that you adapt specifically to the demands that are placed on the body. So like you said, you've got your bodybuilder who's got like a monster of a deadlift at 200 kilos, which is um, for the Americans who are listening, that's 400 plus pounds. but Yet you give him just ten kilos on one side of the bar, and he 's wobbling all over the place yeah. and it 's important that people although it 's great to work on the traditional squat the traditional deadlift to develop that strength and, and resilience, mm-hmm. you also need to to move out of those formal those, those kind of formalized traditional movement patterns because that 's yeah. not how you move in daily life yeah exactly it's
1: like it 's external forces that mm-hmm. the person is just not like adapted to. Uh, you mentioned about resistance bands and, and this is where a band plays an amazing kind of part in exercise like even i don't know like a, a couple of pounds uh, in terms of resistance mm-hmm. or a couple of kilos in resistance coming from a very small band can cause a massive disturbance in the entire body mm-hmm. because, simply because you're not used to it um that's one of the kind of that's one of the key uh, kind of ways that i treat knee injuries uh, ligaments damage um, injuries you know football injuries rugby whatever yeah um once you've had a a ligaments injury in the knee then your knee will will never never, well i say never but most of the time it won't really be as stable as it was before yeah so it's just it's just about finding which kind of which angle of movement is not stable and then just challenging that with a band Mm -hmm. standing on one leg and having the band pulling the knee in, in in a direction that's it
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I can attest to that because when I was going through my training with you, if you remember when we were doing the proprioception test, I had the wobbly ankle, which yeah, yeah. was caused by a, um, a lateral ankle ligament rupture, essentially from, from training. Um, and the, the thing that fixed it was doing uh, movements on that leg with a band yeah. wrapped around the leg to, to, to destabilize the movement pattern, basically, and uh, the ankle is yeah. great now. That's how easy it is most of the time, and then like
1: once you've done that, obviously with body weight, then you can just apply it to any exercise. Like you said, a deadlift with a band pulling, so pulling your ribcage to one direction whilst you having to stabilize that with your core and with your ql your glute medius muscles. You know, it's just crazy what you can do with
0: like a a band in the gym. Absolutely, and it touches on another important principle which people kind of move away from, I think, as they try to increase engagement on social media, and it's the principle of moving from simple exercises to more complex exercises or or movements and so you see people doing there's some people out there and they're doing you know um single leg burpees squats on a bosu ball with a you know with a blindfold or something something crazy you know (laughs) insert crazy exercise here but really all you need to do is add a little you know a touch of simplicity to the exercise and it can it can do wonders
1: yeah 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 definitely
0: that's how it works yeah absolutely so on to one of the more uh, controversial topics in the industry what are your thoughts on the manual therapy doesn't work debate um
1: like obviously you and i have been i've talked about this before and Mm -hmm. we've seen different i follow i follow people on on on, um, social media that don't really agree with this stuff and then i see them quarreling with other people that agree with it and most of the time i try and stay away from that because like i've seen results with my practice over the last six years there's nothing there's no one that can come here present me a, a research and say to me like what you've done for the last six years doesn't work mm-hmm. uh, because I've seen like my clients successfully being treated for pain, uh, you know poor posture and movement and stuff so I, I don't know it's I think sometimes people are just looking for engagement like you mm-hmm. said yourself so they're looking for some sort of a way to to hook on to someone else yeah. um, like you know and maybe get some more clients out of that or maybe try and undermine other people yeah. you know I've never I've never felt the need to undermine people in the industry I want people to try and express themselves in their own way yeah. uh, I've got my own ways I've got I've had people that don't agree with them in the past uh, yeah. on you know on Facebook for example when I post something I get, I get a comment mm-hmm. uh, and the easiest way to deal with that like if I get a comment of someone saying like here's a piece of research that says that what you've just shown is not correct I'll just find a piece of research that says that what I'm doing is correct. And I'll just send it to them, you know, <laughs> because right, you, right. you, you yeah. know yourself that like you, you've, you've read a lot more research than I have. And you know yourself that there's like so much controversy, even in research. Yeah, um, right. you know, so there's, there's nothing that like, there's nothing definite or certain. Like yeah. there's research saying that manual therapy doesn't work. And then there's going to be a paper saying that it does work. Like, which one do, do I believe? Right, Right. I'm just going to believe my experience.
0: <laughs> Yeah, and there's, you touched on an important point which I made in episode two of the main podcast, which was that there's a lot of bad science out there, yeah. and there's a huge disconnect between the good science and what's going on in the industry. Because, like you say, people are, are cherry picking a handful yeah. of flawed, flawed research articles and then using yeah. that to support their confirmation bias, which is it's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? well, yeah yeah this
1: is where we need to mention obviously like the fact that like you said that there is like there are techniques out there that that can be dangerous for the body mm-hmm. and this this is where like maybe sometimes i will probably say something like um you know i, I can mention uh the chinese scraping technique uh like the gua sha yeah. uh, way of treating the body and like that is scientifically harmful mm-hmm. because you are killing tissue basically and whenever we've got something as obvious as that you know. then I'm I'm happy to comment on that and say that, you know, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, there are some questionable techniques out there. And I think, you know, we, we choose to support what, you know, conforms to our biases at the end of the day and our opinions. Um, I think when it comes to manual therapy specifically, uh, my opinion is that people who, who say it doesn't work full stop, haven't read enough of the research because manual therapy and static stretching as well they're yep. the two of the most researched interventions in in yep. in healthcare and medicine and yep. the the number of good studies saying that they show a positive benefit or a positive effect far outweigh the studies saying that there isn't and what you'll tend to get is you have that try the hierarchy of evidence where systematic reviews and meta-analyses sit at the top and you'll get people saying well i've got the systematic review which looked at nine articles yeah. And they show, and showed that there's no positive effect. Therefore, because it's a systematic review, the, the treatment doesn't work. And it's like, well, hang on a second. Yeah. If you dive into that systematic review, the studies that they looked at weren't great quality. So if a systematic review reviews poor quality, you know, it's like that old, that old saying, garbage in, garbage out. So if the studies yeah. themselves are weak, the systematic yeah. review itself is going to be weak. Yeah, and exactly. that, I think that, that for me is a massive issue. This is, There's just not enough... Um, literacy when it comes to reading and applying the research. And this we're talking about often people who are who are who've got you know postgraduate qualifications like yeah. master's degrees and doctorates who are saying science there's this etc. Like, well actually if you read enough of the research you'll find that you you're slightly off center yeah. here. But I'd like to say ultimately as well the 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 results of a study are Uh, specific to the context of the study So, if you've got a study which shows that um, acupuncture the big controversial one if that doesn't work in hamstring rehabilitation for 15 year old soccer players um, that doesn't mean you can apply that then to um, a quadriceps tear or a a ligament strain on a 50 year old man who's never played soccer in his life you know so yeah
1: i think the uh, other other reason why people kind of um, neglect or maybe dismiss manual therapies because they haven't tried it or they've tried it and it's not really been successful for them mm-hmm. um it, it's like it's like either they haven't read enough to to be able to support what they're doing or they've tried it and it's not really gone the way they, they expected it to go exactly um, and the, the thing with manual therapy is that it takes time and it, it's not it's not for everyone just mm-hmm. like flexibility training it's not going to be everyone's way of treating people or proprioception training or neurology you know that's why people have their own in, interests, you know, and everyone has a, a different approach. And there's no absolutely no point in people s- dismissing something completely and go, and saying that it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah essentially the optimal is a fool in the end. If, yeah, if yeah. that thing works, you know. Yeah.
0: So, and I think that takes us nicely into the next question is what are your thoughts on the there's no such thing as bad posture debate?
1: It's like it's like would you say that there's no such thing as a as a bad exercise or, or or as a good exercise? Um, because essentially there isn't. So the, the way I look at posture and you know, exercise as well, but I'll mention that in a second. The way I look at posture is how optimal is your posture. It's not about bad or good here. You know, like like we said, if I'm an architect and I'm am I designing a building, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to make sure this building is stable because if it's not stable, it's going to kill people. Mm-hmm. Or if you, if you look at the body the same way, like we we design our own posture. Based on our lifestyle and based on our choices in, when it comes to like the way we sit, the way we stand, you know how in, how aware we are of our, of our body, and the more aware you are, the the better your posture is going to be in terms of like transferring loads uh, you know the, the way it's, everything's positioned, like your shoulders the the head you know like you said yourself, like there's so many forces going through the body if you're not optimal to handle all this all these loads, then that's going to result in pain yeah this pain probably resulted from the fact that your posture is not optimal yeah
0: yeah you no know, or well, it's bad you know? yeah well yeah yeah maybe bad wasn't the right word but and i think that's what a lot of people think is they they think posture is is just this it's just a way somebody is and they don't yeah. think about maybe the causative factors that have made that person assume that posture yeah, you right. know whether it's physical injury or emotional injury the yeah. body's going to represent that that trauma and those forces essentially acting on the body and it's going to carry its itself in a certain way and if it's carrying itself in a certain again it comes down to simple forces for me if if a body's not carrying their structure in a way that can support those forces optimally at some point those those structures are going to give way like you say it's like a building really yeah exactly Um, you know like the foundation if the
1: foundation isn't stable enough
0: Mm.
1: this is where we say stable rather than strong because obviously, strength is a different segment of, of posture and movement, right? Yeah. And this is where core stability comes in, and a lot of people are against core stability, and and you know it's, but the reason why they're against it is because like th- there's this thing in like the I'm reading this book at the moment uh, about philosophy, and they say about the way that people see things, like and, and maybe comprehend things. Like, obviously, you and I comprehend things very similarly because we, can, whenever I, whenever you say core. Stability, core stability. I start thinking like, which muscles are you talking about? Uh, what 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 is that stability referring to? Lumbar stability, pelvic SI joints. You know, blah blah blah. whatever or if someone else, if if I say core stability to like someone that doesn't really agree with it, all they see is just the abdominal kind of section of the body. it's Like they yeah. don't really see beyond that point. It's right. like looking through a keyhole, and they go like, "Oh, core stability, it's shit." You know, it doesn't really do much because it's like there, you know. Yeah. And it's just the way you comprehend things. Yeah, so yeah. people just need to like, listen to like, whenever you hear core stability, just hold on a second. Don't start hating it straight away and just think like, what, what, does, this, what does it mean? You know, when I say core stability or what do you mean when you say core stability? You know, because we might have different approaches.
0: Mm.
1: Just how comprehend it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it, you know, people's definitions depends on kind of what lens that they're looking through. Because somebody who's looking through stability or posture through the lens of pain science yeah will be different to somebody who's looking through the the lens of biological physics and forces or somebody who's looking through the lens of performance so that's something we need to again context you know yeah yeah, exactly you know posture doesn't really
1: just go for like a person standing in complete like a a neutral posture or, or anatomical zero posture goes for the way the way your body is when you take a step forward right or the way you you are when you're sitting or the way you are when you're running that's all posture right it's just posture put into a you know a different context or a different movement and activity you know it's just it's not just about standing there and oh yeah so you got one shoulder elevated what does that tell you nothing much you know so it's just different like i said context
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely i think that's good um what do you think are some of the the issues with the current standard of therapy and exercise education and is there a particular direction you'd like to see it going
1: um i personally want kind of i do my own courses like you know and like in my courses i kind of focus on things that i've learned in the past and things that i believe in and and things i obviously i've tried and and i've had success with um i guess I, I i don't really tend to follow a lot of the education as much because things, how can, how can I say this? There's advanced education, there's kind of foundational education. When it comes to foundational education, everything is the same.
0: Yeah.
1: When it comes to advanced education, that's where people like tend to kind of go off into, into their own kind of ways of, or ways of understanding like the body, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so there's not, there's not really much I can say because like, if someone, if someone has success with the treatments modality, uh, then they're worth listening to. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that, you know, if something is dangerous or if something is not backed up by science sufficiently, mm-hmm. then obviously people need to kind of do their research before they go into a course. It's as simple as that. But the issue is that people don't really research before they go into a course. They just kind of, they see something attractive and they sign up to it. So yeah. just make sure you do your research before you sign up to a course and just make sure you understand what the person is kind of saying and you've seen their success with clients and stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: that's a a great one, Um, especially when it comes to clients as well, because, um, you know, I've said this in the past when it comes to flexibility. um, You'll see a lot of um, copy and pasted courses where it's a person who is naturally flexible and say they trained as a gymnast as a kid or um, that they just have a natural genetic propensity for a large range of motion in the joints. And they'll say, this is what I do to stretch every day do it and you'll get the same level of flexibility it's like well you're talking absolute horse riders there because you know somebody who doesn't have the same genetic propensity for flexibility is not going to get the same results and it's a bit disingenuous in my disingenuous in my opinion but i think the strategy you suggested where people just dig a little deeper before they throw the cash at someone it's going to save a lot of heartache and frustration in the long term you know um, and look for those kind of those customer testimonials Um,
1: yeah yeah exactly or maybe even look through like the the videos of people actually you know performing these techniques and just make you know make sure you understand what that is and you know like you say yourself it's i used used to do pt and obviously i still do like rehab pt but when i when i was in like the fitness industry like there'll be a lot of people promoting themselves uh that they've achieved a certain you know body appearance mm-hmm. by following a program which they designed now like you said yourself like someone might get jacked by doing 10 push-ups a day whereas someone else might need like you know to eat a thousand calories per day plus a rigorous program of doing exercise every day in order to get the same result
0: yeah
1: so, like it's the same flexibility or or you know mobility mm-hmm. or stability or whatever some people are just better at certain segments of movement right
0: right exactly uh,
1: just yeah. It's not, it's not about being better than other people. It's just about being able to, like, teach it to others. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. Like, some of the, some of the best football players in the world make shitty coaches because they don't really understand the game. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with, you know, what you do and what I do.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a good answer. Um, I mean, speaking of kind of the stuff that people are posting on on social media, we see a lot of people putting out what I would describe as quite silly and and we've said that there's no such thing really as a bad exercise but there are some I think which are just daft because they don't produce the results people are saying and they are potentially dangerous especially for people who are unfit and watch and think "Oh, I'm going to give that a try or they just give out advice which doesn't match what science and basic physiology says and people can potentially get hurt and um, I know if you or I did that in practice we'd be struck off you know, yeah. um, or there'll be some kind of consequences. Do you think that there needs to be some kind of regulation so that people like that should be held accountable for their actions or what they say on social media?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I just need to expand on the, uh, the bad exercise theory just so people understand like what yeah. that means. Like you said yourself, there's, there's dangerous exercise that nobody should be doing, something that's, that actually endangers your, your health yeah. that you can get injured by. Like if someone says to me like, is, is deadlifting a bad exercise? i always i would say to them that it it could be depending on the way you do it you know Mm -hmm. so like take any exercise in the gym a bicep curl could be could be a bad exercise you know a a crunch whatever it all all depends on the way it's been executed so exercise execution is what determines whether an exercise is going to be bad or good Mm -hmm. basically so every exercise can be good if if you do it the right way um obviously we're going to take this we're going to we're going to take this away from the exercises that are dangerous like standing on the bow to bow single leg standing on the bow to bow stuff like that this can this is probably an exercise that a really like advanced gymnast does every day and stuff mm. doesn't mean that you and i will be able to you probably can do it but you know most won't be able to do that stuff you know so it's, this is kind of not really there's no backup for this what, what's the point of the, this exercise yeah. but as long as someone can ex- explain to me like why they're doing a certain exercise, I'm willing to kind of think like, okay, there might might be something like something there. Yeah. Uh, but if there's people like on social media, like you said, on social media, people kind of promoting loads of different things. That's the issue with social media. That's why I hated. It's yeah. because like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was trying to post something. Uh, and then it was me doing the treatments on like someone and the, she was wearing a sports bra and some shorts Facebook banned this video because it was showing too much flesh and at the same time you get guys like you know Certain accounts on Instagram and stuff uh, Mm. Showing like a fully exposed glute uh, You know with a girl wearing a thong or something Mm. and that stuff it that stuff goes So those are the things that should be should be kind of banned when it comes to social media But the issue is that social media is just too free. Everyone can post whatever they want and that's the problem There's nothing that can
0: stop that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just too much um,
1: shit, you know, kind of mixed with too much good stuff.
0: Yeah, there's no bullshit filter, basically, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's not much um, you can do about
0: that. Yeah, and I think the way the public's going is because they utilise social media so much, they, they put faith in the quality of the stuff that they're seeing, you know. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to insult anybody when I say this, but it seems like a lot of people lose their ability to think rationally when they see an attractive person doing an attractive movement, yeah. Um, I mean we had the whole issue quite recently with the, the whole skinny coffee um debacle, yeah. which was um, this guy called James Smith who who spoke out quite strongly against it. And I think they even tried to sue him a few times, it got thrown out of court. But and if you're listening and you're drinking skinny coffee, throw that shit down the sink. Yeah. Um, but uh, and you know, but these people they they continue put, selling this this product which physiologically doesn't work, you yeah. know, yeah. and there's no repercussions which But that's uh, the that's the main
1: problem of instagram right Mm -hmm. so like you get someone who has a really like really good appearance they're jacked or you know if it's a girl they 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 have certain attributes and stuff so Mm -hmm. and obviously they will gain like a lot of followers and then a lot of these people will follow them because of this and then because and someone else someone new comes onto their profile and they see like 50,000 followers 100 followers and they go like this guy or girl knows what they're talking about right most of the fitness profiles that i've come across with that many followers have no clue about either anatomy physiology neither of these things that we've just been talking about yeah and they're giving out tips and tricks on how to move better and you know I've, i recently saw uh, another instagram with, uh, about a london kind of physio physio company and stuff and mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what i've just said that's what they were doing you know they, they put someone like uh onto the ad that was obviously good looking they had loads of followers and people were like oh yeah so i'm gonna believe what he says even though yeah. what, what what he's doing is just bullshit
0: yeah i mean at the end of the day people can follow who they want and listen to who they want and people are free to put out you know i think good content but there is i think there's a line which people shouldn't be crossing and that's where yeah. it just becomes like disingenuous and and risking yeah. people's health so that was yeah. a good answer um so i I know and I think other people who work with you know that you, um, you provide great coaching when it comes to running a successful social media account. And I know that when I attended your seminar, kind of my engagement um, really took off. And it's, it's not about becoming popular or, or, or making money or anything like that. It's just about getting good info out to more people. Um, so if you could give one piece of advice to people who are struggling to put out content or to increase engagement, what, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Yeah. Um, so when it comes to putting out content, um, people will probably take, but this, this will take you the most time to actually understand what type of content you want to put on. Mm. Um, you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing it for a long time. And then after bit, like, after a lot of unsuccessful attempts at content, you know, I finally kind of found out what type of content I want to put out. Yeah. You know, even now I'm kind of, you know, sometimes I'm like, how can I make this a bit more interesting to people? So that, you know, or maybe provide a bit more quality, um you know so it's just about trying to find the, your voice as a brand you know mm. uh like you start you initially mr high kick so that's that explains itself right so yeah. you, you teach people how to kick people in the head yeah I, I, you're saying that to me uh mm. and, and then like every account needs to have this kind of direction yeah um, is it going to be sports therapy is it going to be exercise therapy that you're going to be focusing on I personally focus on manual therapy. So I show a lot of, you know, hands-on treatments, mm-hmm. exercise videos, um, you know, different talks about anatomy, which are all things that I like. So essentially I, I post content on things that I personally enjoy. Yeah. If I don't, don't really enjoy something, I'm not going to post about it. Simple as that. Uh, and then when it comes to engagement, it's just, uh, it's just about, uh, just kind of being patient. Um, if, if you've got quality content, engagement will come. Um, and obviously the more quality content you post, the more engagement you're going to get. So it just, it will probably take, you know, months, even years, but yeah. people just need to persevere with social media because it can right. be very shit sometimes. And yeah. I hate
0: it. yeah. Um, and like you say, I think finding your identity is is really the key because so obviously my, my account used to be Mr. High Kick because it came about, somebody in a forum said, you know, if you want to learn how to kick high, speak to this guy, he's basically Mr. High Kick. And I, thought, oh, I like that name. Um, obviously i've had issues with my um health and especially my hips over the years where um my ability to kick high myself has been quite patchy and i'm I, yeah. you know I'm, I'm in better health now and I'm, i can still do the splits but the you know kicking high is still a bit of an issue so i thought well what's my identity now yeah. um and i thought well i'm kind of well i'm kind of the science guy when it comes to flexibility yeah. you know what's my specialism i like, well, like the recent flexibility research well that's self-explanatory and okay. I know that since I've changed and it was only a recent change, but since I've changed and it was going over the notes from your seminar where I, I thought I had this brainstorming session, I thought I'm going to change the name of the account, yep. change it to flexibility research. And I just feel a lot more at ease and comfortable with the stuff that I'm putting out And it. I suppose it takes pressure off myself as well because the yep. kicks will come back in time. Um, but I don't feel like I have to be that person doing the kicks and, yep. you know, and then feeling shit because because uh, factors outside of my control currently yep. sometimes prevent me from doing that but the research is you know i, I could share that all day long yeah so,
1: it uh, makes sense yeah makes absolutely
0: sense. yeah um you're also doing great work coaching um other therapists and trainers in terms of how to run an offline business as well and um, what do you think is one of the most common mistakes that um health and fitness business owners are making and maybe what they should take what steps they should take to rectify um Well, like, first of all, the the reason why I started doing this, the coaching
1: in the first place was because I personally was looking for a coach like a couple of years ago. Um, and then I actually had one uh, and I was paying 150 pound an hour to meet this person because Mm -hmm. he had a successful business. He still has a successful business, which is, which is a great business. But what I found was that the ideas that he was giving me had nothing to do with my business. Yeah. Then I kind of went online and started looking for other coaches. And then what I realized that a lot of these coaches were basically general business coaches. So there was nothing specific to our industry, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was thinking like, how can I, you know, help other people in my situation from a couple of years ago? So I just decided to do things a bit more specific to the industry. And this is, this is the first, like, this is how people should initially, if, if someone's struggling with their business, they need someone to help them who's actually been where they, where they've been. Yeah, Uh, when I say where they've been, if like it needs to be very, very similar, you know, like because our industry is completely different to like uh, the investment industry or the uh, real estate, whatever, you know, doesn't if you've made like you know a good business uh, selling houses, it doesn't mean that you can be a successful therapist, you know, it doesn't translate. So, people need to find someone relatable to kind of keep them accounted uh, for what they're doing um and that's my main kind of aim with my business uh with with the coaching business you know so and all my clients they know this that they they just they've got goals to do every week so they come to me every week we meet and i give them more homework so it just i just keep them accountable for their business on on a weekly basis yeah um so that's the first thing you need to do as a business just kind of put down some goals maybe short term and a long-term goal and then just try and follow that as much as possible and find some help
0: yeah that's great um, so we also would talk some quite heavy stuff, quite serious tone. So a bit more of a fun question now. Um, if you were stand- stranded on a desert Island and you could only take one book, one piece of gym kit and one type of food or drink, what would they be? Um, so when it comes to the book, I probably wouldn't take an
1: actual physical book cause I don't like reading them. I like listening to them. Okay. Uh, I've never had the attention span to read books. Uh, I, I, I really enjoy listening to them. Yeah. Um, so probably take like uh if i could take a, an audiobook uh i could i would take uh let me see uh there, there was a book about um oh, can, I, can i quickly know what was it? it it was about um sh- it was about showing people how uh how good you are through action rather than talking and stuff you probably you've probably heard about it it's quite it's quite an interesting book um I remember the name. Be, so, be uh, so good, they can't ignore you. That's why it's called.
0: Ah, okay, okay. I've heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. I don't think I've read it, though.
1: Um, so when I listened to that book, it was basically saying something that I already knew, and it was saying something that I already had, had come to uh, after thinking and like, brainstorming in my life and stuff. Um, and it was it was talking about the fact that there's no point in like changing changing your career from today to tomorrow without having a plan uh and, and stuff because a lot of people say that a lot of people say like if, if you if you want to do something you should leave your job today if you're an accountant and then go and do like a yoga course and be a yoga teacher mm. and that's not how things work there needs to be a transitional period uh from where people actually start living their dream until they reach it so that's that's what it was talking about yeah. the reason why i would probably take this book is just because it reminds me what i what i have to do you know um to read to to get where i want to get yeah. Um, so it's a re- it's a really good book. It's really easy to listen to as well because it, it's kind of philosophical. So you guys should uh, listen to it or read it as well. Um, I probably wouldn't take any gym kids because if I'm on, on an island, all I need is my body. Um, when I when I go on holiday, especially a beach holiday, um, that's where I actually train my hardest. Okay.
0: Um,
1: people are people are kind of resting on the beach. I'm like jumping over the kids, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> running, them out the way. Get that's, out that's, <laughs> that's me you know like i remember like a couple of years ago i was on the beach and there were a couple of like um elderly people walking on the beach so i had to kind of slalom in between them all and stuff and jumping over kids and i love that stuff you know yeah so i love training on the beach so i just need i don't need any, any equipment yeah you do anything on the beach you should release
0: a, a new exercise program how to ter- terrorize pensioners <laughs> on the beach, you know <laughs> how to close down the beach
1: you know in, in a day that was yeah. me. people are looking at me like i was crazy trust me but Anyway, I it works. It's, it's good stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then all, all, all you probably need is like um, coconut water. Yeah. If you're yeah. Speech, you know, yeah. it gives you everything you need. Fair enough.
0: Um well that's it for my questions. Um but before we finish, can you just tell the audience where they can find you on social media or website? Um so my social media
1: Instagram profile is at Brad underscore Georgiev. Uh, my Facebook page is called the Omnibody Clinic or at Omnibody Academy. Um, the website is also Only Body Academy where I'm currently designing some online courses where people can kind of learn how to fix their own pain mm-hmm. by doing uh, certain self-treatment techniques and uh, corrective exercise um, I've got more, more websites coming in uh, soon I just, I'm just kind of developing them as well but
0: those are my main channels mm-hmm. Brilliant Well, Brad, you've given some fantastic answers it's always a pleasure talking to you so again, thank you for your time and uh, all the best, mate I'll chat to you again soon Yeah, I'll see you soon Thanks for that Bye.